session we carry on looking at the subject of what are the four major criteria that will determine um, our leadership potential and progress and uh, we've covered two major parts we covered what we what uh, the first criteria would be what we are and uh, second one was what we can do with what God's entrusted to us and now the third one is what he God can do through us but I want to read in Isaiah chapter 60 and ask you to turn in your Bibles to read the first 11 verses if you wouldn't mind these are, uh, this is a promise God gave to me way back uh, 30 40 years ago uh, this portion of scripture he made it to he gave it to me as kind of a an assurance for my future and I'm trusting that it'll speak into your own heart for your own future but it says this arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you see darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you nations will come to your light and kings will to the brightness of your dawn lift up your eyes and look about you all assemble and come to you <clears throat> your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the on the arm then you'll look and be radiant your heart will throb and swell with joy the wealth of the seas will be brought to you to you the riches of the nations will come Herds and camels will cover the, the, your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. All Kedah's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of ne Nebioth will serve you. They will be accepted as offerings on your altar, and I will adorn my glorious temple. And who are those that fly along the clouds like doves to their nests? Surely the islands look to me. In the, <clears throat> in the lead are the ships of Tarshish, bringing your sons from afar with the sil their silver and gold to honour uh, to the honour of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendours. Foreigners will be rebuild your walls and their kings will serve you. Though in anger I struck you, in favour I will show you compassion. Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night so that men may bring you the wealth of the nations, their kings led in triumphal procession. And then in that Isaiah 60, uh, the last verse, where it talks about uh, um, the least of you shall become a thousand and the smallest a mighty nation. All of this is about growth. This is all of this is about developing, becoming more and more effective. God taking the potential he places within us and making it uh, powerful, effective, fruitful, influential, impacting not only where you live, but further and further afield. Nations, I've seen this, nations, and we've seen churches planted in different nations. We've seen people bringing the wealth and, and goods and sons and daughters coming from all sorts of nations, people coming to Christ. Uh, if you look at that and let God speak it into your heart, uh, I believe it will be very, very strong uh, in uh, empowering you into the future and influencing every decision you make if you let God's word get into the depth of your heart. So <clears throat> we're going to look at this third aspect now, what he can do through you. And uh, 
the six things that that uh, are absolutely imperative for us to understand and cooperate with six things that will influence every every part of uh, what God can do through us uh, as to how far we will go in Christ, our progress and realizing our potential and hopefully even beyond that. The first one is our yieldedness to, to us being yielded to Christ. Secondly, our availability. Our thirdly is our openness to change. Fourthly, the anointing we carry. Fifthly, the gifts of the Spirit and them operating in our lives and through our lives. And then sixthly, intimacy with God himself. So I want to just go back and have a look at those very briefly. Uh, first of all, our yieldedness, always giving God first place. You've got to really settle that, that Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God, always putting God first, not my will but yours being done, Lord, at every level. So our, uh, always giving God first, yielding to God, presenting our bodies, all that we are to him, body, soul, spirit, lock, stock, barrel, everything presented to God as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. And then also that just in case we misunderstand that holding nothing back, everything sold out to God, our yieldedness. Secondly, our availability, very closely linked to our yieldedness, but dealing with self in every form. Self is such a, a destructive force in the, in the leaders in the body of Christ. And so I just want to itemize a few self-hyphenated words, uh, like self-seeking. We've got to deal with self in every form, self-seeking, self-promotion, which is really self-glory. In other words, boasting, self-sufficiency, thinking we can do it, we don't need others, we don't need God. Self-absorption, being totally taken up with ourselves, everything centered around ourselves, self-consciousness, that uh, sometimes we're too scared to do things because we're so self-conscious, we're too shy. Uh, self-conceit, we're too vain, self-preservation, always protecting ourselves, always looking for ways out, easy ways through, self-reliance, where we're looking, depending too much on our own skills, gifts, abilities, etc., and not upon the Holy Spirit and the team that he puts around us. And then there's self-will, just which is... You know, a nice way of saying being just totally obstinate and stubborn. In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus says, Except as corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. And, and unless we're willing to actually give ourselves to Christ, be willing to just yield to him, and in a sense die, when, it, when the seed dies, then it brings forth a lot of fruit. And you'll see a similar thing in Matthew chapter 16, verses 25 to 26, if if any man will come after me, he's going to have to deny himself, take up his cross and follow Jesus daily. Uh, not wanting to save your life, but willing to lose it for Christ's sake. And then uh, there's, there's James chapter 3 verses 13 to 18, where it talks about us being changed by the Spirit of God. Where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty and us being changed from one degree of glory into the next by the Spirit of God. So deal with self in every uh every form. So there's our yieldedness, there's our availability, and then our openness to change. 2 Corinthians 3.18 again, and in James chapter 1, I want to just read uh, James chapter 1 again. Uh, maybe I should read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, 
But I'm going to pick up in the 17th verse. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there's liberty. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory uh, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. But now just quickly going down to the book of James and picking up in verse 1, I want to read from verse 22 uh, what, what uh, James says here by the Spirit, inspiration of the Spirit of God. He says, do not merely listen to the word. Now open us to change. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks in the mirror looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I think that that's what happens with so many people as they read the Word of God. They read it, they see themselves, they see what God wants, they see Jesus in it and then they just walk away and forget. But he goes on to say, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So we've got to be willing to ch be changed, openness to change. And then moving on quickly and the, to the fourth little part of this is the anointing we carry. And while you know that there are a number of different anointings, the one I'm referring to in this context now is the Holy Spirit's ability to get the job done. In you and through you, the Holy Spirit, His ability, not your skills, not your, uh, your uh, character, not all the things that you think you can do, uh, your communication skills, whatever. While those are all important and need to be yielded to Christ, we've got to actually understand that the Holy Spirit's the one who changes people. It's the Holy Spirit that brings about what needs to be taking place, and so the Holy Spirit's anointing enables and releases us first of all to preach the good news as jesus quoting isaiah 61 and luke chapter 4 verse i think it's 19 said or 18 and 19 uh, the spirit of the lord is now upon me for he has anointed me one of the things he said is to preach the good news so the holy spirit enables us to preach but he also enables us to go the holy spirit says go and you'll see that in Isaiah 61, in the first verse, it also says there to go and to bind up the brokenhearted. And also the Holy Spirit's anointing enables us to proclaim freedom and release to the captives, uh, to, to bring uh, release and comfort to those who grieve and mourn. As Isaiah 62 verse 2 tells us, and the Holy Spirit's anointing also provides, to provide for them. If you look at the, the third verse of Isaiah 61, and then to bestow upon them uh, the beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. So he bestows a kingly blessing upon us. He bestows authority. He bestows rulership in the leadership of the, of the church. And the outcome of the anointing is that if you go back and look at the different aspects of Isaiah chapter 61 I'm quoting from the I'm just going to give you these 10 quick things and you look them up for yourself but the Holy Spirit's anointing refreshes as you see in, in the second verse verses 2 and 3 
it rebuilds in chapter 61 verse 4 of Isaiah tells you that the first part he restores that's also in the fourth verse he renews also in the fourth verse he recruits and releases in the fifth and sixth verses he rewards us in the sixth verse you see that of Isaiah 61 he receives uh, the outcome is we, we receive Isaiah 61 verses 7 um, and then also we rejoice the oil of joy in Isaiah 61 verse 7 the recognition that, that we're the true people of God as Isaiah 61 verse 9 tells us and it brings righteousness uh, as verses 10 and 11 tells us and righteousness according to Proverbs 14 31 exalts a nation if it exalts a nation it'll exalt the people of God that you're serving amongst as well so make sure that the anointing is always for others and not self-glorifying or self-indulgent uh, not only much should we make sure of that but realize that the that your capacity for his presence and power in in and through your life you determine that to some degree by your openness and your yieldedness to, to uh, yieldedness to him and then your willingness and ability to let him get the job done in and through you uh, without getting in the way so many people they get skilled in certain things and they see some success and then they start to get in the way um, but we need to just continually let, uh, respond to his leading his guiding him teaching us as, as 1 John 22 verse 27 says and Isaiah 48 verses 17 and 18 tell us so in all of this about the anointing just let the river flow that river of Ezekiel 47 the river of John 3 38 uh, the river that of Psalm 1 verse 3 and the river of Revelation 21 22 verses 1 and 2 the river of the Spirit of God flowing I want to talk a little bit about that in some future messages let the river flow and how the when the river flows through our lives what can be the outcome <clears throat> moving quickly on then to the gifts of the Spirit which is the fifth part of this uh, uh, him, him being able to work in and through us what he can do through us the gifts of the spirit use them and seek them uh, 1 corinthians 14 1 tells us that we're to seek them and to use them verse 26 says how is it then brethren when you come together every one of you has and it tells us we all have these things and all of these should be done uh, to the for the edification of the saints and for the glory of god remember this that, that very simply just when we're talking about the gifts of the spirit there really are three sources of inspiration two major and one minor the first one that i'm going to address is not in order of importance but the devil satan so remember these three words satan savior and self savior should go first but i'm deliberately saying satan because he is there too to to seek to inspire he's just he is so often there to to uh inspires to do things and inspiration really means that God whoever it is that's trying to inspire us is seeking to communicate their will and their desires into our lives so that we respond to them and Satan does that and you you read that in James chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 I hope you'll go and look for yourself at that but I'm looking at time and again I'm going to be in trouble here so Satan is the first uh of the three sources of inspiration the second is the savior jesus 
by his Holy Spirit, as we see Romans chapter eight verse one, and Romans chapter six verse eleven. Sorry, that uh, and <clears throat> I'm going to refer to that verse in a moment. And then, the, uh, sorry, the Savior in James chapter one: every good and every perfect gift comes from a God from from above. You see in Matthew seven eleven as well, and that Luke eleven thirteen. That verse I love so much. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So there's Satan, there's the Savior, and then there's self. And self is you wanting your own way. Now, how do we deal with those three sources of inspiration? If it's Satan, the Word of God tells us in James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, resist the devil. First of all, we're to submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil, and then he will flee from us. If it's self... Romans 6.11 tells us, reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. So reckon yourself to be dead. And then thirdly, if it's the Savior, then just to keep these little, the resist, reckon, render. Give yourself to God. Uh, open your heart to Him and obey Him. Well, if you would go to Song of Solomon and read uh, chapter 7 and uh and, and link that with John 15, you'll see that intimacy with God, which is the, 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 the uh, sixth area that I want to speak about very briefly, that will determine uh, 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 what the Holy Spirit can do in and through us, is intimacy with God. And intimacy costs, if you were to look at it, and I want you to do this, please, look at John chapter, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 5, the verses 2 through to 8. And you see that intimacy costs. Uh, she's in bed. He knocks at the door. She has to get up and open the door. She takes her time, doesn't, and he's gone. It, it, it costs. It's inconvenient. Sometimes intimacy with God is inconvenient. And uh, it also means that we abide in him, as John chapter 15 tells us in the first one. Verse 1, if you abide in him, to abide in Jesus can sometimes be costly. It, the cost of inconvenience and pushing through and staying with him, sticking by him. And you could read John 17 verses 20 to 24 on that too. And John 14 verses 20 and 21. But there's also in the cost of intimacy is not only the inconvenience and abiding in him, but there's also the pruning that we see of in John chapter 15, the first three verses, that the husbandman, God, the father, by the spirit, prunes off what is not fruitful, what's getting in the way. And then there's not only the cost of intimacy, but there's the preciousness of intimacy. Once again, if you look at the Solomon, Song of Solomon, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 1, right through to chapter 8, verse 4. Take the time to read it, please. I'm asking you in Jesus' name. Uh, but it's there that you experience the deepest love uh, with God. And you'll find that expressed in some way in Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verses 4 through to 9. And verses, chapter 7, verses 1 through to 9. I hope that I'm in trying to get across, use the time valuably. I'm not going too fast for you. And then there's not only the cost of intimacy and the preciousness of intimacy, but there's the reward of intimacy. You see again in Song of Solomon, verses, chapter 7, verses 1, right through to chapter 8, verse 4. And again in John 15, verse 1, you, that one of the rewards is you hear his voice. The second is you experience his heart, and his heart is wanting to be one of friendship and love, a lover to you. 
It's the place of revelation. One of the rewards of, of intimacy. Intimacy brings us revelation. Uh, you can John, John 15, 15, if you read it for yourself. John 16, verses 12 to 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through to 16. You develop your friendship with God there. And then there's fruitfulness that comes out of as a reward of intimacy. Looking again at right through that John chapter, John, you shall uh, a fruit, much fruit, more fruit and fruit that lasts. And then this answered prayer in John 15, verse 7, that God answers your prayer when you're in intimacy with God. It's, uh, there's assurance of the answers to prayer and there's complete joy. You see that in the Song of Solomon, but you also see that in John 15, verses 10 and 11. And then there's strength. Uh, Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength waiting upon the Lord being intimate with him staying there with him they shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagle they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint etc uh, so how do we so I can close this session I was hoping I could push a little further with this but uh, unfortunately I look at the time there how do we be, how do we enjoy intimacy how do we abide uh, how can we maintain this unity between christ and ourselves well maybe i can pick that up in the next session i trust that this is helpful i feel like i've rushed this one uh, more than normal but i trust that you'll hold on look up the scriptures take to heart what i'm saying and you'll experience all god's blessings that and i keep praying for you i really mean that